All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. I've got a good friend, longtime friend, June Hunt, uh, with me today. June, welcome to the program. Love being with you, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And if that name sounds familiar, um, June's been around um, doing a lot of great things in the, uh, the Christian ministry world. Um, June, I don't even know how long, um, but I've known you probably for about 27, 28 years. When I first came to Dallas, um, our paths mm. crossed um, and, uh, and I got to know you and uh, I kind of fell in love with your um, biblical counseling keys. Um, mm. So pretty much anything um, that I had a, a question about, what does the Bible say about um, this particular subject or issue, um, you went through and you've um, kind of mined the scriptures for what God's word would have to say about uh, things, um, you know, depression, anxiety, um, parenting, um, just a, a wealth of different uh, just ideas and, and things like that. So I've still got my whole set of biblical counseling keys, and I refer to them often. So thank you for that. Um, but I know that you uh, you have your program, Hope for the Heart. Um, a lot of people probably know you from that. Um, you've written. Um, you, you're a musician, right? So uh, just if our parents don't know you, I know it's kind of hard to take all of your ministry and all the different things you've done for so long um, in a brief biography. Um, but what would you want our parents to know about you? Well, since we're uh, talking about parents and kids, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll say, first of all, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and I didn't know how to even ter- interpret uh, mm. life and uh, how to live it, and I wasn't verbal. I needed, I needed some godly parents or leaders to, to have impact in my life. Mm-hmm. And I just still to this day, am so grateful there were people who were authentic Christians, and I didn't even know that term. Um, but I later learned it was the authentic Christians who had impact on me as either parents or as um, youth leaders. Later, I became a youth director. Uh, I was told by my pastor, you are going to be our junior high director. And there were 600 (laughs) in the junior high division. And I call it my baptism by fire. And so I was I was right out of college and I I was learning. I was seeing parents and I was Mm -hmm. seeing their kids in my division of, of the of junior high. And it was um, very telling. I'm analytical. I'm very math oriented, um, logical, rational. And so I was connecting dots as I went along. Mm. Uh, by the way, later became college and career director. So, you know, I, I, I just have learned so much with the privilege of uh, and never planning on doing any of this. And but the point is, it matters how, if you see a kid having some challenges in life, well, uh, one of the things that we had, and you've already alluded to it, there are, we call them counseling keys on basically a hundred topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're calling them keys for living, but the bottom line is uh, these keys, keys unlock doors. And so it's definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. And what I noticed were the clear difference in styles of parenting. And 
like I'm calling in, in our characteristics, there are four problem parenting styles. Mm-hmm. And the thing that could be helpful is for you, even as you're listening as a parent to think, hmm, what did I grow up with? Right. And we have these four problem parenting styles. And there's one that's a positive. But um, I just remember the pain of growing up. I would never, ever want to go back, Dan. I think, <laughs> oh, God, thank you so much. I never have to go back where I hear other people. Oh, I'd give anything if I could go back to my childhood growing up. And, you know, but, but you know, some of us just didn't have that. Um, and so there are certain characteristics on each of these four different problem parenting styles. What what are those four parenting styles? Let's dive into the, the problemistic ones, and then uh, maybe you can give us something that's more of a positive example at the end. It's kind of nice if there could be something positive. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Um, well, d- dependent, and I'll okay. explain what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But the dependent parents, their goal is um, to control their child's behavior and feelings and they do it by being very dependent and um sometimes uh enmeshed enmeshed uh, yeah. then the second would be domineering um basically the goal is to control the child's behavior uh my dad was definitely domineering there was no opportunity to do anything different. We there was no negotiation. It was only his way or no way. Um, there's the doting parent that, and that goal would be to kind of control their child's feelings. I'll explain what that looks like. And then detached. Uh, basically, the goal is to avoid responsibility for mm. their child's behavior and feelings, and they just detach. And, and it's helpful to understand that you can even see these different styles in, in the Bible. And, okay. I, and I can, I can um, for example, if we, if we consider dependent, um, I use the term enmeshed, um, this is where, like, just think about your own parents, if this could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the dependent parent, like, would be a parent who is possessive. Uh, manipulative, uh, suspicious, inconsistent, over-involved, over-involved. Like Rebecca in the Bible, she tried to control the life of her favored son, Jacob. Um, She feels she must not only protect uh, this younger twin, but also to make all the important decisions for him. And she's not trusting God, but uh, she schemes and manipulates uh, Jacob, the son, uh, into deceiving the father, her husband, uh, in order to receive the blessing due to the older twin brother, Esau. And this enmeshed relationship between this controlling mother and her passive son res- results in 
hatred and jealousy and division within the family. Um, what happens when there is a parent like this? Well, those children tend to become passive, deceitful, jealous, um, indecisive, and non-assertive because this of the style of parenting they're receiving. And instead of, uh, though, seeking control, this parent, um, uh, it'd be most helpful. The, the, the Bible describes um, to release control to God and to trust him, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will direct your path. Um, but when there's this enmeshed, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do to get my way, it does not help. There were some major problems that um, the son had. Um, mm -hmm. And, and we know that. Um, a, a second style is a domineering parent. And again, the goal here is just to control the child's behavior. Well, when parents are over-controlling, inflexible, um, performance-based, uh, you know, and that means performance-oriented versus people-oriented, uh, hypercritical, uh, black and white thinkers, those children tend to become subservient or, or strong-willed. It can go either way. Because in our home, I was shut down. Uh, bitter, uh, they could become bitter or rebellious. Um, either underachievers or overachievers, depending on how, like I have one sister who just felt totally squelched and the other one became the, um, the, the rebel. Um, they can become perfectionistic, especially when you have a hypercritical uh, parent. Um, then they learn to be perfectionistic and hypercritical. Um, again, or, or they just opt out. They kind of uh, become non-achievers. Uh, and then the black and white thinker, the black and white thinkers, um, that characteristic means that kids can become easily discouraged or argumentative. Well, you see this with, um, there's Rachel's uh, father, Laban, uh, he is a picture of a domineering father. He uses his authority to control the decisions and the activities of his family and even his extended family. Laban uh, deceives Jacob in order to make sure his older daughter, Leah, marries first. And so uh, he does almost the unthinkable. He cheats Jacob. Jacob on the wages, the, what, what he would be earning by uh, being a, a faithful potential son-in-law or then son, uh, or well, he, is, he becomes the son-in-law. And then 
uh, he becomes uh, critical of his son-in-law's success. So Laban, um, being this domineering, over-controlling parent, um, has excessive control and eventually drives his son-in-law, daughters, and grandchildren far from him. And I think when I look at what the need here is, uh, the, the Bible is very clear. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Meaning it's, it's a concept of what is your motive? Um, don't don't make it all about you. Uh, but, you know, there was no negotiation with my father. And he, I, I really had resentment of him because of how harsh he was to my mom. And um, there, I, I, a number of us didn't feel seen at all. And therefore, the uh, black and white, all or nothing, um, it, it, it does discourage you because it's like there's no, there, there, there's no hope of even negotiating. Mm -hmm. Then um, this third style is a doting parent. Um, they can be overprotective. Um, and therefore, kids can become spoiled. They can um, they can yield to pressure from their children, and therefore, kids learn to become manipulative. Uh, they can be desperate for harmony, and then kids can become disrespectful. They uh, can rescue excessively, and then kids tend to become irresponsible. Um, Parents who are too helpful uh, allow their kids to become helpless because there is just too much. Um, I, I, and I remember looking at one wonderful parent, and I thought, I wish, I was, when I was a youth director, I remember thinking, I wish you would let your daughter um, decide the, the daughter wanted a roommate for camp and, she, and this mother was trying so hard to manipulate everything. And I thought, you know, in real life, you don't always have choices, but she was trying to just solve all the problems for her daughter. And she really needed, you know, and I, I, I was young. I was just in my twenties, but I watched and I thought, you're not helping your daughter deal with life. And, um, Eli would be a, a case in the Bible. Mm. The man named Eli, he was a spiritual leader as a judge and a priest, yet he was a doting, permissive father who failed to discipline his two sons. And he doesn't restrain his son's rebellious behavior. He, uh, he, he literally... Uh, does not model the very character of God. Instead, um, it's like he, he gives up his own leadership for the sake of harmony. Um, Eli raises sons who become irresponsible men, irresponsible priests, actually, 
um, with no regard for the Lord or for the laws of the Lord. And the Lord said to Eli, why do you honor your sons more than me? Wow. Yeah, the Bible actually calls them worthless men. (laughs) It's not not a good definition. You don't want kids that that grow up that are worthless. I think about parents that sometimes we... uh, we see them really want to be friends with their kids as opposed to parent them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can kind of see that in the doting parent, right. And that, you know, I, I really want to have a, a connection. Um, but sometimes saying no, right. Is, is going to be, they feel like is going to break that connection. Um, and so they, they, you know, they're very permissive of their kids and allow them to do things that, you know, those kids uh, in a sense are trying to figure out where the boundaries are and the parents aren't really helping them by giving them any boundaries. And it's, you know, uh, it's a very times, difficult place yeah. to be. It, well, there are times when we are supposed to say no to people so mm-hmm. that we can say yes to God. Yeah, I like That's that. huge. Yeah. So this last one, uh, this last problematic style would be detached, mm. detached parent, uh, basically avoiding responsibility for the child's uh, behavior or feelings. But they, they are really pretty much apathetic or ambivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, uninvolved, unwilling to set boundaries, which kids need, and then just lacking in follow through. And then therefore the kids, children tend to become, and when I say children, I'm talking about whether it's younger children or teenagers, they become um, self-sufficient. I mean, they've got to do it their own selves, uh, indecisive or insecure undisciplined mm. and becoming underachievers of these who are um, having the, the detached parents because there's a lack of follow through. So it's really not healthy, hands-on positive boundaries. And unfortunately, King David, who, uh, is one of the most interesting people in the Bible. Uh, he's highly successful at battling the uh, Israel uh, Israelites' uh, enemies, um, but sadly unsuccessful at disciplining his own children. Mm-hmm. Um, he's detached in that, well, um, he, he really... Uh, has all these wives, children, and apparently um, putting all his energy and and time into attending business. Um, there's no evidence or uh, of appropriate uh, discipline. For example, there was a daughter, Tamar, mm-hmm. and there's a half brother who rapes her. But he doesn't do anything to hold his son accountable. So the rape of his daughter by her half-brother goes unpunished. And the two sons, uh, in outright rebellion, consider how to usurp their father's power. Um, You know, it's interesting. The Bible is very uh, replete with helpful information like uh, the bible says discipline your children and they will give you peace 
they will bring you the delights, the delights you desire. That's Proverbs 29, 17. And so uh, for those who are parents, you know, some of you did not have involved um, parents yourselves. Right, and right. that's why it's vital to learn. Back, I, just the other day, uh, I have a uh, like an adopted son, mm-hmm. and he said, "There's one thing I learned from my dad. I do not want to be like him because of his anger." Mm. And I knew of this dad's anger, and he. It, it's really sad because he saw how he also would not forgive. And, you know, it, it's, it's not too late. Here's this uh, 28-year-old who is telling me, I learned I do not want to be like my dad. I don't want to model that, even though there were positives that he did appreciate in his father. Sure. And, I think, June, one of, the, one of the difficult things, though, in, in recognizing um, the negatives of what you don't want to do is it, it still doesn't help you develop the positives um, you know, I think about the studies that they have of, you know, people who've come from, you know, parents who are alcoholics and they say, hey, that's the one thing I don't want to become as an alcoholic. But when you've seen that as the only coping mechanism, right, when you become an adult, you haven't yeah. learned how to cope with problems except for using alcohol. And so a lot of children of alcoholics, unfortunately, become alcoholics as well. well a lot of children who have parents who are angry, right, have those same expressive things because that's the only thing that they've seen. And even though they know that that's not what they want to do, uh, just because you don't want to do it, it doesn't mean that you can replace it with something else. And so you've gone through four negative um, attributes of parenting. Is there a positive aspect that we can help parents right, replace maybe something that they didn't have with right. God's way of actually raising kids? How, how are we supposed to parent? Right. What are the positives? Well, I'm calling you, if you'll notice, <clears throat> excuse me, I made these Ds all Ds. They're all Ds. I love it. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I like the alliteration, but um, I, I've made this the discipling parent. Okay. Um, and the goal here is to develop Christ-like character mm. into your child. Mm-hmm. And, and so when parents lead wisely by example, mm. then children tend to become competent. Um, parents that are implementing healthy boundaries, they become certain in other words a boundary is a line that should not be crossed if it is crossed then there should be a repercussion Mm -hmm. if it's not crossed then there is and i I call them the two r's there's repercussions and rewards Mm. and you think about um in the olympics there's a line that should not be crossed. If you're a swimmer, you don't swim in somebody else's lane. You don't shoot, which is accidentally done in in sports, (laughs) literally at somebody else's target. I I know these, but people don't do it intentionally. In this case, though, a boundary is hugely important. God has boundaries for us, meaning the Ten Commandments. We can look at many others. <clears throat> and there's either a repercussion or a reward. So when when parents implement healthy boundaries, that's what I meant by they become certain. They they feel secure. Um, they know they're going to be 
um, reaping what they're, they're sowing right. in a positive or a negative way. Uh, when parents are encouraging, uh, encouraging responsible behavior, they become confident. When parents are comforting in times of trial, the kids become compassionate, and that's huge, just huge. And then when parents are loving without conditions, in other words, I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's what the Lord says to us, Jeremiah 31, 3. I've loved you with an everlasting. How long is everlasting? Forever. I've loved you with an everlasting love. By the way, loving means not ooey-gooey, Valentine's kind of love. It is a love that seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what that person does or doesn't do. That's agape love. And we see this um, when a person is learned, has learned by loving conditions, meaning from the parents, then that child becomes caring. And very, in fact, becomes much more intuitive and sensitive to the needs of others. Timothy is an excellent example of this. We mm -hmm. see in the Bible, a young man named Timothy, he's raised by a godly mother and grandmother. And these two, Lois and Eunice, uh, they model sincere faith, which encourages love and develops discipline in Timothy. They also train him from infancy in the Bible, the scriptures. And that leads him to a saving faith in Jesus. And he ultimately becomes a leader in the church at a very young age compared to others. And uh, he's greatly respected by the Apostle Paul who becomes Timothy's father in the faith. And I, and I think this scripture is, is poignant. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and he was literally uh, mentoring Timothy to be a wonderful leader and a caring Christian, uh, a man of great faith. Yeah. Now, I know you've run through these five um, D principles pretty quickly. Um, you and I had chatted uh, about um, a book that you have um, that's called Bonding with Your Teen Through Boundaries. Um, which uh, right. I think might be helpful for parents. Um, I'm also thinking of Paul David Tripp's book called Parenting, um, you know, 14 gospel principles. Um, and, uh, and one of those principles is just this idea that, um, that God himself um, has revealed himself to us as a parent, um, that one of the characteristics of God is that he's a, he's a father and that it, he gives us an example of what a father or a parent should look mm -hmm. like so that we can follow that. So even if we haven't had good parents, uh, and I know that your your and my background are, are you know vastly different, 
Um, but, uh, you know, whether we had good parents, we can do it better. Um, if we didn't have good parents and we want to do it better, I think one of the great things is scripture gives us a guideline um, of what the, the discipling parent looks like, um, not only because it gives us a couple examples, maybe with, you know, Timothy's, you know, mom and grandmother, but God himself says, hey, this is how I parent you. Um, and he does. He sets boundaries for us. Um, he gives us rewards and repercussions. <laughs> and so yes. you see all of those things uh, throughout scripture. And so that's a, that's a great reminder for us that if we want to be a better parent, God's word is the great place to go to learn about that. It's a little more detailed uh, that if, if there's an interest, we have parenting subtitled steps for successful parenting because parents want to do mm. well. Um, right. Any healthy adult, any healthy parent takes delight in seeing a child succeed, and uh, it is not always easy. There are challenges, and God knows that. And notice his first two <clears throat> children that he created, Adam and Eve, they both went astray. They, they were both uh, going against his will, yeah. even though there was everything to their advantage to uh, the Lord had provided the heavenly father had provided everything for them. But uh, you're exactly right. When you look at uh, it just so happens that he is called the heavenly father. Mm -hmm. So you can learn so much from the way that he has instructed uh, us to be in life. And uh, there is hope for your heart it, even with mistakes. In fact, one of the most helpful things, I'll, I'll close with this. One thing that built up resentment in me with my dad was I never heard him admit wrong. Mm. And even when I would see him, I, I think, oh, good. Now he's going to be able to say, I see that I made a mistake or I was wrong. I never heard it. Wow. That, built resentment in me. Now, sure it does. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I wish I, it hadn't. But I thought when, when I would know he would be wrong. Now, he wasn't a believer um, until the end of his life. But, but I can tell you, at times, one of the strongest things you can do as a, as a parent is to say, you know, I've evaluated this, my action here. I've come to realize I was wrong. Mm. Would, would you be willing to forgive me? Yeah. Some of the most powerful words a parent can say. Yeah. yeah. Will you, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. So, and, and not only to your kids, but you know, to your spouse, let your kids Absolutely. see that, right. That yes. you are, you're humble enough, right. To ask for forgiveness. Um, and you're gracious enough to offer it uh, when, uh, when you've been wrong. So uh, June, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the wisdom uh, I love that uh, that you, you know, as an analytical mind, have just watched for years um, lives around you and you've learned some great lessons. Um, and then you've gone to God's word uh, to be able to understand, right, what you've learned, what you've seen and, and, uh, and can share that with others. And um, I'll put some links in the show notes so parents can get to those things that you've mentioned. Um, but I know just our time just listening to you and having people contemplate and think about uh, the parents that they were raised with, uh, and then being able to kind of evaluate their own parenting as we're raising our kids is such a valuable time for us. So I really appreciate the time, June. What a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Dan. Awesome.